Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In Afghanistan, many girls are not able to participate in sports. Cultural and religious norms, along with other factors such as safety concerns, and years of warfare have resulted in limited athletic and recreational opportunities for women and girls, especially for those coming from impoverished neighborhoods. But there's a new generation of Afghan girls who believe they can do anything. Learning to skateboard in a war zone, if you're a girl, tells a story of young Afghan girls learning to read, write, and skateboard in Kabul, Afghanistan. It's a wonderful documentary film. It's been nominated for an Academy Award in the documentary short program and we're fortunate and honored to have with us the director of that film learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl and that would be carol Dysinger. carol welcome to film school radio thank you so much i'm happy to be here thank you for being here and uh it is a, a in under the circumstances that it's kabul afghanistan all of the different things that you could assume may go wrong. This is such an uplifting film. And um, I'm just very curious as to how you got to know about this uh, amazing enterprise going on in Kabul and where mm-hmm. women are actually learning how to read, write, and skateboard. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you got into this. Well, I, you know, um, I've been filming in all over Afghanistan since 2005. So I'd heard about it you know, as you hear about things. Um, but also uh, Orlando von Eisendel, who's uh, the head of Brain Media and is our executive producer, had made a short uh, in 2010 that was, uh, was literally a 10-minute short that was about the beginning of Skatistan when Ali, when Ali Prisovich was skateboarding around Kabul and all the street kids were chasing him around and he was teaching them how to skateboard which evolved into the Skate of Sand School. Uh, so I had been doing all of these movies, you know, about the training of the Afghan National Army, about going into some very dicey places. But I was always able to go into the women's room wherever I went. And, and, and I just wanted so badly to try to show the world what it was like to be a woman in the women, woman's room with the girls and the mothers and the whatever in Afghanistan. Just simply, just the taste of it. Because everybody thinks of them as being, you know, all the women in Afghanistan are being beaten down and tortured and oppressed, but they're tough and they're strong and they're funny. And so when Annie approached Grain mm-hmm. to commission mm-hmm. um, uh, another Skatistan movie, but this time about the girls' education, right, the girls' side of it, when they approached me, because I, I had all this experience in Afghanistan, there are other women, even Afghan women, who have made films in Afghanistan, but they came to me, and I was just like, yes, this is something I wanted to do for so long, and this is the perfect situation in which I can figure out how to create the kind of intimacy and freedom that it's rare to see. Mm-hmm. you know, in the girls and women, because the male gaze is nowhere there. Mm-hmm. It's not in the room. So that's how I found it. But well, I, well, I was looking for it for a long time. Right. Well, what was, uh, given that there are 
um, unfortunately, some security concerns for women who are enrolled in school at all and kind of all the things that, that are addressed in the film, the, the barriers that they deal with. What was it like to approach them about doing a film about them? Were they, how open were they? And I know you protected the, the identity of some of the people in the film, but what was that like for you? Oh, I protected most of them. It's just, I won't tell you how. Um, yeah. Basically, it was Skatistan. I mean, Skatistan, the board, is very, very protective of their skate schools. They have one in Cambodia, one in South Africa, and they have two in Afghanistan. They're very protective of them. They do not let people just walk in and plonk away. The only reason Graham got in there is because Ollie and Orlando had a relationship that stretched back to 2010. So just just negotiating with the skateboarding, you know, and in the skate, skate attendance in Kabul, everybody in that building is Afghan. There are no Westerners lurking about. It's just, you know, the board is in Germany or somewhere, and they raise the money, but they don't, you know, the day-to-day stuff is Afghan run, and it's for Afghans to get kids to be able to enter the Afghan school system. It's not about exceptionalism it's about just helping kids who have who didn't start school on time to catch up so that they can enter school at a more appropriate age right Mm -hmm. so um you know it's Kabul and it's not a rural place in which there's a strong thing against female education but it's well, you know, it's well hidden, and the girls are taken there by bus, and nobody's really, like, got a team of people hunting down the girls' schools to blow them up. They're not against the law. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They, they may have people who don't like it, but they're not against the law. So the danger is more sort of, for the girls, it's more just the cultural danger for girls. You know, it's mm-hmm. less... Uh, you know, they don't go there unless they have their family's permission. Uh, I mean, there were certainly some who snuck off to go there when they were selling tea on the streets. But, you know, now it's Fatima, the character in the movie, goes to the village, talks to the village elders, convinces them that this is okay. So that by the time that girl gets on the bus, she's not breaking any, she's not breaking any cultural rules. It's very Afghan. It's a very Afghan place. You know, except for the skateboarding, which may become very Afghan very soon. You yeah. Know. Thank you for that. One of the things that the film does is break through kind of cultural perceptions of Afghanistan for yeah. people here in the West. And I, it's been my experience in talking with other filmmakers who have done films about Afghanistan that there are there have been sort of lurching towards more um, acceptance of sort of I won't say Western norms, but more accepting of women's role expanding in that country there was a um there have been a few documentaries about the the one about the uh, their version of american idol which i i forgot what the afghan star yeah afghan star and the, then sadika mojadidi did a wonderful film about a parliamentarian and a journalist you know right um yes there have been but the thing was is a lot of these are about exceptional people, and they are exceptional, and they're wonderful. You know, Afghan Star, the Kabul Beauty Shop, I mean, right. all that stuff. But the girls you're seeing in my movie are are just, they're never going to, like, 
dance in public. You know, they're they're just kids. They're just normal kids. There's no, they don't have, nobody in their family has been educated outside of Afghanistan, if they've been educated at all. They're the norm. They're the baseline. They're poor. I think what I keep wanting to say to people is, yeah, Afghanistan, it's a tough place. I mean, I think of America and some of our right-wing people. It's, you know, we've got, we've got a Taliban, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're armed and they kill people, you know, and they hit people they don't like. I mean, it's not alien to our experience. It's just when we make people victims and feel sorry for them and feel pity for them, we devalue their resilience, their humanity. You know, these girls, they love being educated. Well, and this, is, this is also a society that for most of my adult life that I have been aware that there is in Afghanistan has been under tremendous stress. And you can go prior to the the Soviet invasion in 1979, and that's mm-hmm. now 30, almost 40 years ago. It is 40 years ago that that happened. Mm-hmm. And long before that, it was under a lot of pressure. And you, I mean, you could almost as far back as you want to go, this has been a society that's been under tremendous pressure in internally and externally so to say it the whole situation is a bit distorted i think is an understatement so so, but also you know the thing is it's like people it's like when the buildings got hit in new york you know if people from oklahoma would call you and say oh my god are you okay it's like yeah i was 10 blocks away i'm fine you know what i mean but to them you're like 10 blocks away it's just the way things are I sort of had this revelation when I was there. It's like, you know, okay, I'm in my 60s. So when I was young, there was a lot of terrorism around. It was just aimed at black people. So the little girls who died in that church were were not much older than I was. Right. You know, the cities were burning down. The presidents were getting shot. We had nuclear weapons that we were all quite convinced was about we were going to, like, be incinerated overnight at any moment, you know, the terrorism wasn't aimed at me, but it surrounded me as a child. And it was aimed at some of my friends and it was scary. And, you know, when you, and I just remember a bunch of us little girls, you know, hiding, we had this little place behind a bush that was sort of our secret hiding place that of course everybody knew about, but, (laughs) you know, just sitting back there trying to figure out what the hell these grownups were up to, what, what what is going on, you know, and I look at Skatistan and these girls, because after they do their year and they enter Afghan public school, the bus goes around and gets them once a month and they have these skate and create classes where they skateboard and they do art and they hang out. So women friendships are, I swear, I'm sorry, I love men, but women's friendships are what hold the planet together, (laughs) you know? And this place gives them those friendships, gives them those connections, which is, you know, it's kind of rare. If you're cloistered, you end up being friends with your cousins, not with someone who's very different than you who lives across town. Yeah. Well, in the film... Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if you're a girl, which has been <laughs> dominated for an Academy Award. Uh, yeah. There we see the family and of, um, uh, who is it that were, that, uh, where there's like 11 of them, there's eight. Uh, Anika. Yes. 
then he finished coffee. Yeah. yeah, and you see the the mom talking talking on camera for someone who grew up, you know, in a very uh, in poverty and all the different circumstances she was dealing with, pregnant when she was very very young, and mm-hmm. all. But she she has this clarity of mind about how important it is for her for her children, and I think almost all except one of them are are women. Um, all of their mm-hmm. children. So it, again, to what you said, what holds this planet together? What's the glue? Is is the relationship that women have to to the to yeah. the care and feeding of society, but also to one another, and how important. Yeah. And I've been saying this for a long time. I'm going to stand up on my soapbox for a second, and that <laughs> is the only way forward for the planet, and the only hope we have to, of survival is for women to assume power in 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 significant ways in this in the world. Yeah. Very significant. Well, ways. and I I mean I think also but what's lovely is men are changing. Uh, and there's many things I never thought I'd see in my lifetime and changing tables in men's rooms is definitely one of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. men are changing. And but it's but it's kind of what I see in those women is I see my grandmother, my Italian Catholic grandmother who her English was never good, and but she moved heaven and earth to prepare her daughters and her granddaughters for a world that she couldn't even imagine. I mean, she couldn't even... And when I became a professor, I think it was the proudest day of her life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to her, that was an accomplishment of her entire life and the struggle of her whole life that I was now a professor. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like yeah. that, and I remember the women and I, teachers I had in high school who were of the generation, very smart, brilliant women who, if they'd been born when I was, would now be CEOs, no question. But in their generation, the only real job they could get was teaching or nursing, and so they became teachers. You know, and people always complain, like, oh, our education system has gone down the tubes. It's like, well, yeah, because now all those great teachers we had that you were paying nothing, are now running major corporations because they were unbelievable. It's this preparing young women for a world that you can't even imagine. In the case of Afghanistan, you're not even sure it's going to show up. I think something about what you're saying, I totally agree with. And exactly, my great-grandmother, the same thing. You know, she worked in a in a rectory of Catholic, uh, where the Catholic priests live, until she was 88 years old as a housekeeper, yeah. right? And she, and, right. but she, but she, you know, just what you said, that same mentality. And what I think is more as important, and it's in your, really, it's about your film as well. I don't want to get too far off the subject here, but it's about the, the, the determination of women and how, how women tend to see more than men do. I speak as a man. Women mm-hmm. see this see the long term more clearly yeah. than men do. Men are so, uh, are tend to be so immediate in their gratification, in their need for gratification, where women... Well, and also, you know, they, they, you know, it's really interesting because they have the pressure of, certainly in a place like Afghanistan, of like making a living and keeping the place safe. There's no safety net there. Right. If he dies, there's no health insurance. There's no right. life insurance. There's nothing, you right. know. right. So the anxiety of men towards their family is very different right. there than, than we think of it as. But, yeah, I just think that, to me, you know, whenever I make a movie, there's what's the movie about, and then there's what's the movie really about. Right. And to me, what this movie is really about is, like, the most foundational bit of feminist courage that there is, which is the, the 
the courage to raise your hand right. and say, I am here and I have an idea. I think I know the answer. And to do it with, with joy and without, you know, the expectation of having your hand chopped off or being dismissed or teased for being too smart for your own good or whatever. Well, and yeah, you know? I, and again, that comes back to where you're, you know, you see, you know, we've already elected one woman president. She just didn't win the Electoral College. We, we are right. capable of the, with these great women who are doing great things. You know, I take heart in the fact that the graduation rates in colleges and the percentage of women is is more than 50 percent now. I, yeah, there there's you're seeing just what this film is about women going to in, in into the educational environment and excelling and doing well. And that's the future. The, the future yeah. is, yes, great people do great things. Great women do great things. But it's about the, the you know, it's about the mass of 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 people that do great things every day. Yeah. And so and that's what this film feels like to me is what sort of this is what could be the future, not only of Afghanistan, but many, many. Well, and, and I do say, and I say it every time I do a q and you know, I will say it's like the other thing that I wanted people to understand, or I wanted to bring bring the idea of out to the world is that uh, whoever you voted for, whatever you think of war, this or any other war, as people, we have to support the people in other countries. Yep. Our governments are going to do whatever our governments are going to do, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But if there's going to be peace in Afghanistan, now is our chance. It's a very young country. I think 75, 70%. I wish I could, I have to fact check this, but I think it's about that are under the age of 30, right? Which means like two thirds of their life has been under occupation, but also to them, to some people, that's been kind of like a little bit of peace in some places, not all, right? So for a little bit of freedom, yeah. you know, um, yep. in terms of a lot of the support that the education and the health, health system has gotten, not what we would like, but better than it was. And, you know, I just want to say to people, it's like, just find, a, 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 whether it's in Africa or it's in Afghanistan or it's in New Orleans or if it's down the street, you just like look for a charity that affects people one, on directly and give a little bit to it every month because yeah. it's the people that are going to create peace, yep. not governments. I agree. They can't do it. They don't know how. I but could not agree more. Yeah. Uh, um, we just have to take responsibility for it. Absolutely. Well, I want to congratulate you on the film. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, I think I told you something yesterday I should never have said to you. Yeah, and I've forgotten it, so don't say it again. Uh, I'm never going to say it again. <laughs> I will never say it to another filmmaker as long as I live. Uh, yeah, so. it's, it's terrible. It's, yeah, so, it's a I horrible mean, thing. Because but... if they ever say, I know, just hang up the phone. Don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, uh, but uh, otherwise, I hope that you have an incredibly enjoyable February, the evening of February 9th, no matter Thank what happens. You. And uh, again, this is I just love the uh, learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. And I'm Great. going to I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops wherever I go. Thank and, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank Carol you. Deisinger, thank you very much, not only for okay. your work, but and your continuing work and all the people that you have helped along the way. I'm looking at your uh, your film biography, and it's amazing. All the special <laughs> thanks and thanks and all the assistance yeah, you've I given. Know, isn't it amazing? 
thing is, like, they should put, they, that's what will go on my gravestone, you know. <laughs> Special thanks, Carol Dyson. Yeah. <laughs> well, for all of that and more, I hope you come back when you've got something else because I, I, I can't I wait. I shall. I can't wait. So, again, the film, Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if You're a Girl, and we've been speaking to Academy Award-nominated filmmaker uh, Carol Deisinger. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.